Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujiadi. Today is Wednesday, January 31st. Coming up, Jackson County voters will decide this spring whether to renew a sales tax that would fund a new baseball stadium and renovations to the football stadium. We'll hear from two county lawmakers who opposed the ballot measure. But first, some headlines. The Kansas City Chiefs may have already punched their ticket to next month's Super Bowl, but it won't be cheap for local fans to make it to Las Vegas. KCUR's Isabella Liu reports. Tickets for Super Bowl 58 quickly became the most expensive in history. The cheapest seat currently available is more than $8,000, according to the website TicketIQ. And that's before fees and taxes. Getting to Las Vegas isn't cheap either. The average round trip from Kansas City that weekend is around $425, twice as high as usual. American Airlines and United will be adding extra trips between the two cities. If you look closely, the flight numbers pay tribute to Chiefs jersey numbers and Taylor Swift songs. A 16-hour filibuster in the Missouri Senate holding up dozens of appointments by Governor Mike Parson ended yesterday. A group of conservative Republicans called the Freedom Caucus had held up confirming the appointments because they wanted the Senate to pass a resolution to make it harder to change Missouri's constitution. But the caucus backed down from its demand. Conservative Senator Mike Moon began the filibuster Monday afternoon. I will not be the one to stand in the way of what the voters want with regard to initiative petition reform. The Freedom Caucus opposes abortion rights groups' efforts to circulate a petition to enshrine abortion in the state constitution. The far-right group has clashed with Missouri Senate leadership this month. Several caucus members have been removed from committee leadership positions. Nearly all of the tattoo artists at a West Bottom studio quit on Monday over what they allege is misconduct by the owner. KCUR's Savannah Holly-Bates has more. Mark Bratmarkle is the owner and tattoo artist at Time Walker, where nine tattoo artists there quit because of what they say is an inappropriate relationship with an employee he directly manages and at 18 is 20 years his junior. Benjamin Carlson tattooed at the studio for more than three years. He hopes the sudden departure will change an industry that has a history of predatory behavior. It takes every single part of the tattoo community to to make a good tattoo community. Carlson says leaving has cost him and the other artists thousands of dollars, but was worth it to take a stand against Bratmarkle's behavior. We'll be back after this. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Last week, Jackson County Executive Frank White vetoed a proposal to let voters decide on a sales tax to help fund sports stadiums. The county legislature overrode his veto with a majority vote, but two lawmakers stood by him, 3rd District at-large legislator Megan Marshall and 2024 Chairwoman Jeannie Lauer. They told KCUR's Steve Kraske why they were reluctant to put their full support behind a new baseball stadium and renovations to the football stadium. Well, first of all, the uh, ballot language is very vague. It does not 
include the specificity of the of the plan as to how the monies are going to be used. It doesn't include uh, the location of where the stadium would be, and it doesn't include the the uh, particulars as to how that the monies would even um, occur in in Jackson County. Uh, they must remain in Jackson County, but there's nothing in the plan uh, that's been even revealed as to how they would be used in the county. So it's it's very vague, and without those those missing pieces in there, I'm concerned that the voters are going to be voting for something that they're not going to have a full picture of. So, Jeannie, bottom line, you're saying there were too many unanswered questions here. That's correct. Megan Marshall, what was your thinking on this thing? Well, in addition to what uh, Chairman Lauer just said, uh, there was no legal commitments from the teams in order to solidify a lot of these unanswered questions. Uh, so a lot of the things that we are waiting to get answers on uh, when you talk about community benefits agreements and things like that, yeah. everything is very vague right now. And so for me, I wanted some type of legal assurance that the county would have something to hold the teams accountable for. You know, what would you say for those who might argue, hey, you don't have those uh, details today, uh, Megan, but maybe in a, w- within a week or two or three, you will long before voters go to the, to the ballot, uh, to, to the polling places in April to cast their opinions on this thing? Well, I believe to put it on the ballot without having those things as a lawmaker is irresponsible. Um, We've already seen one deadline come and go with the Royals uh, saying they would announce their location in September. Um, And now there's a new deadline of the end of February. Um, And so my confidence is just not there that these things would be put into place because keep in mind for the uh, election in April, it cost the county a million, uh, $1.5 million to even have it on the ballot. So to spend that money and not have answers, it just seems irresponsible. You know, a few days before the vote, uh, Jeannie, it appeared that Frank White had the votes to keep his veto in place and put off a public vote on the $0.38 cent sales tax. But two votes flipped at the end of the day, those of Jalen Anderson and Sean Smith. In your view, you're the chairwoman. What happened here? Well, I can't speak for them, but it appears as though in the conversations that they had with the teams, they received the information they felt was was uh, important enough for them to be able to switch their vote, that they were comfortable enough with the information that it was okay for them to to feel that it was that it was uh, going to be appropriate for for this to go to the voters. And I wanted to add on to what legislator Mitchell said, uh, Marshall, I'm sorry, that um, early voting starts in February for absentee. So while we talk about the April voters, there are many voters who uh, will be voting early that will not have that information. You know, uh, Chairwoman Lauer, I can't imagine the amount of pressure that might have been placed on those two legislators, again, Jalen Anderson and Sean Smith, because the teams were, they felt it was so important to get this issue on the April ballot. Any sense of what that pressure looked like uh, during those days leading up to that final vote? I know there was an extreme amount of pressure put on Legislator Anderson uh, from a variety of directions. Uh, to the point where it can affect you physically, mentally, emotionally, uh, and it's unfortunate uh, internally as well where there was pressure put on. And it's unfortunate that that happens where you 
feel as though you have to um, consider all the outside sources and at the same time represent the citizens of your of your district, which he is at large. Jeannie, did you experience some of that pressure yourself? No, I can say that I did not. I served in the state as a state uh, representative, and I uh, practiced early on that I don't bow to that. And so I generally do not have that sort of pressure put on me. You know, I we mentioned the, the pressure to get this vote before the public in April to ensure, and one reason was to ensure that the Missouri General Assembly would have time to pass the state share of the funding package for both stadiums. But I interviewed Governor Mike Parson last week on this program, and he said it was doubtful that the legislature would have time now to pass the state's portion of the funding package this session. Jeannie Lauer, what do you make of that? Well, he presented his budget in the State of the State address, and there's certainly no money earmarked in there for that. And quite frankly, this is an election year where there's not going to be a lot going on as far as passage of legislation. Uh, And considering the dysfunction going on at the Capitol, you're not going to see a lot of productive Um, action going on down there. We have a lot of sound bites for those who are going to be running for elected office, but not a lot of of efficiency and uh, productivity in getting things done for the taxpayers. And the other thing to keep in mind is that uh, we do have two baseball teams in the state. And so if it were me, I would certainly want to make sure what I did for one, I would be doing for the other. Hmm. If the state funding isn't approved this year, Jeannie, what does that mean for the future of this project? How does it affect it? Well, they certainly have a lease until for, through seven years uh, currently at the locations that they have. So the April uh, ballot language is not a, a, a showstopper. Uh, we have continued time in August, November, and even later elections to put this on the ballot. Okay. Well, Megan Marshall, before the vote last Monday, the teams did sign a letter of intent that the Jackson County Sports Complex Authority had adopted. The document outlines terms for the two teams' future with the county. To what extent did that document settle concerns that you're laying out here today that you have about the team's commitment to Jackson County going forward? Well, the teams have, neither one of the teams have ever said uh, publicly or to the county that if the uh, April election didn't go in their favor, that they would leave Jackson County. They've never said that. Um, and so I think a lot of the pressure, which you mentioned earlier, was the fear of the teams leaving if we didn't do something soon. But the letter of intent going into last uh, Monday's meeting, the majority of that letter is under uh, is non-binding. So that just means that the team can change their mind and back out without any type of legal recourse. Um, the binding portions of that letter of intent are things that automatically would reset at the end of their current lease. So it's not really like they're being bound to it moving forward. They're just saying once the lease is up, then we'll not pursue that. Uh, For me, that just wasn't enough. I was going to say, as a legislator, it sounds like to me, you're looking for firm commitments from the teams, what the teams would do if, in fact, the public signs off on this three cents sales tax. And I think we should be asking that because the the tax is projected to bring in $2 billion from our taxpayers over the next 40 years, which is a long time within in of itself. Um, And when you have things like they they were, uh, the teams were 
counting on uh, financial commitments from the state and from the city of Kansas City. And one question that I had was, well, what happens if those financial commitments fall through? Mm. Then what? And then what do we tell our, our, our taxpayers who have already approved the tax? Right. But what do you know about why the royals uh, haven't announced yet where the location is going to be? They promised that information several months ago. Why haven't we heard? That's a great question. That was one of my questions as well. Um, if I had to probably assume, I would say um, if, if, you know, going downtown, you're looking at locations where there's already businesses there, there's already individuals there. So when you talk about reconfiguring a community, moving businesses and displacement and all of those things, uh, perhaps that could be maybe why the reluctancy of a location. But again, these are all things that are kind of up in the air. We don't know. Jeannie, also missing as of today is a community benefits agreement. Workers uh, rights groups in town are pushing for this because it will guarantee living wages for stadium workers and affordable housing in the area. How important is that agreement in your mind? I think it's important as well, along with the other issues that we've been talking about. Uh, the individuals who are going to be working on these projects want to, want to have the confidence that they're going to be able to work at, at a, an acceptable wage and have the benefits that are commensurate with it. It's uh, critical that we're not going to be lowballing these workers and not providing the appropriate pay as, as outlined in labor standards. That was Jackson County legislators Megan Marshall and Jeannie Lauer speaking with KCUR's Steve Kraske. You can hear their entire conversation from KCUR's Up to Date at KCUR.org. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Inujia-Dean. This podcast is produced by Anna Schmidt and KCUR Studios and edited by Madeline Fox, Lisa Rodriguez, and Gabe Rosenberg. For more local news from Kansas City's NPR station, visit KCUR.org. If you like our show, please rate and review us on your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow. You listen to Kansas City Today every day because we're your local, reliable news source. You take us seriously. But now it's time to have some fun. Join us at our annual benefit, Radioactive, on June 14th. NPR's All Things Considered host Ari Shapiro is the featured guest at this party, and it's gonna be bumping. You gotta be there. Sponsorship packages and ticket information are available at kcur.org radioactive.